This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Day Radio. I'm your host, Miriam Marston. And once again, we have this wonderful chance to hear stories of God's power moving in the world, like a wave of love going from heart to heart, home to home, and we hope nation to nation, so that this wave washes over the whole world. My guest this week, Brian Mercier, can attest to this power of God, as you'll hear in my conversation with him. He mentions a number of times this power, this impact of the Holy Spirit in his life. As I was reflecting on our conversation, a passage from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians came to mind. We read in the fifth chapter, If we are out of our minds, it is for God. If we are rational, it is for you. For the love of Christ impels us, once we have come to the conviction that one died for all, therefore all have died. He indeed died for all, so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. Consequently, from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. Even if we once knew Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know Him so no longer. So whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And all this is from God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That first line, if we are out of our minds, it's referring to an ecstatic or charismatic uh, experience and witness. So what we see here is, you know, there are different modes of testifying to the glory of God. But from the charismatic to the conversational, it's the same Holy Spirit at work that is working through the instruments of men and women who are walking by faith and not by sight, as we hear earlier in this chapter from Corinthians. It is truly the Spirit of God who provides the words, the inspiration, the healing. And that's not to say that we're passive recipients of such graces, definitely not, because we have the responsibility and privilege, really, of cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Remember that in Christ Jesus, we discover this threefold identity and mission, which belongs to each baptized person as well. Because Christ is the head of this body, and if we are members of this body, His body, then we share in His identity and mission. Therefore, as He is priest, prophet, and king, so are we priest, prophet, and king. 
We are each called to offer our worship and sacrifice in prayer. We are called to speak the truth with joyful boldness and courage. And we're called to exercise self-mastery, discipline, and good stewardship. This is the call of every baptized person, not just a few, not even many, but all. And I like how Brian expresses his prayerful desire to have the heart of an apostle. Because just as baptismal identity hasn't faded since the time of Jesus, apostolic zeal doesn't have an expiration date. It didn't wither or weaken after the apostolic age of the church, that is, the time when those twelve apostles of Jesus traveled the known world, proclaimed the gospel, and baptized thousands. Ultimately, almost each one was martyred in imitation of their Lord. But after that generation had passed, apostolic zeal continued, again, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is still just as strong today. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy that whispers false rumors of how God is less powerful today than He used to be. It's just not true. Every time a sacrament is celebrated, every prayer, every conversion or instant when we turn our hearts back to God, that is the power of the Holy Spirit coursing through creation, and it's a blow to the one who wants to keep the world in chains. So on this theme of finding true freedom and purpose in Christ, I'll go ahead and share this interview with Brian, and I'll be back on the other side of the conversation with a brief word on a great saint of evangelization. I'm joined by Brian Mercier, who is a professional Catholic speaker, retreat leader, author, and serves as the president of a ministry called Catholic Truth. Brian, it's great to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Well, Brian, it's clear uh, that you have a deep commitment uh, to the Catholic Church and to the mission of spreading the truth of Christ's saving love. So I'm curious, where does this passion come from? Um, How were you personally impacted by Christ and His Church in such a way that you decided to commit your life's work to sharing the truth with others? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Never in my life did I think that I would actually be doing this. In fact, uh, I grew up in a Catholic family, grew up praying, grew up praying the rosary every single day through high school. I'm not sure why, but I just did. I went to mass every Sunday, went to confession, but ended up taking some detours, ended up uh, getting really angry, was abused, was bullied, started dressing in black, was very angry. Uh, depressed. Uh, for seven years, I just stuffed all my emotions down inside and I became very volatile and angry. And then wow. my mom was very concerned about me. And so she thought about calling the cops on me and sending me to jail to try to get my life straightened out. But she decided to take a different route, thanks be to God. And she sent me to uh, a Catholic college named Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. And that's where my life was changed. And um, I had a very powerful St. Paul style conversion where just wow. God literally really just hit me really hard and transformed me inside and out. He took out all of the hatred and the pain that I had. And he filled me with an overflowing amounts of just peace and love and joy and goodness and light and Holy Spirit and a fire that has been there for 20 years. And I've never been the same. And I was, you know, in the middle of a field there in Steubenville. And I was, there's a 150 foot steel cross there. 
And I remember sitting in front of that cross crying and I said, Jesus, you've done so much for me. I just want to help people the way you've helped me. I want to heal people the way you've healed me. And I want to transform other people's lives the way you've transformed mine. And I believe that was the first desire for ministry. I just had this fire and I didn't know what to do with it. And I just plowed head, head forward really into all sorts of different ministries like youth ministry. I did director of religious education. I've taught at Catholic schools in CCD and I'm not, you know, they were great, but I still didn't feel like it's where my heart was supposed to be. Like God just has given me so much. And I feel like my heart was made for much more. And he gave me the heart of an apostle, so to speak. So about three years ago, right before COVID, maybe during the beginning of COVID, I was going through a really difficult time. And I was asking God, what should I do? And the only little inkling of, you know, desire or answer that I got was to maybe start try to do full time ministry. I said, it's fine, God, I'll try it for one year. If it doesn't work, I will give it up. And uh, so my ministry came from really just being transformed and having my life changed. And all I want to do is change the lives of others. Because when I looked into the world after I was healed, after getting out of my narcissistic life, I just saw there's so many broken people, hurting people, lonely people, angry people, depressed, bullied, abused, you name it. So many people on every side and infinite amount of people who just don't know their faith or why it can change their life. And so I wanted to help with that. Wow, that's beautiful. Praise God for what he did in your life. Um, I, Amen. you know, I'm, I, I know it's hard to sometimes put into words, but I'm curious, like what, what facilitated that moment of conversion when you were at Steubenville? Um, and were, were you at church? Were you, I, I'm just kind of curious, could you give us a little glimpse into what sure. that looked like? Yeah. Absolutely. I gave you the very nutshell version. <laughs> <That's> fine, <laughs> you know, yeah. when I speak to teens or adults, you know, I usually yeah. give a longer version. Sure. But in short, um, I had uh, given myself more. I started praying more at Steubenville. Okay. I started trying to temper my life. I was using the F word, like every other word, shocking people, all the holy rollers yeah. there. And I was in church one day, you know, and I was praying a lot to God and I was praying for healing. And uh, I was in the fifth row from the front and we were singing the song, Glory to God in the Highest. Now, Steubenville is half you know, as they would say, charismatic, people put their hands up in the air. And I didn't even know what a charismatic was. I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. And then the half of the school is traditional, which I don't know if I was that either. I was somewhere just, I just went to church on Sundays, right? Yeah. And so during this song, I felt kind of strongly that God wanted me to put my hands up in the air. And being the good Catholic that I was, I said, definitely not. Nope, no way, God. I was like, I'm not going to look like all these other silly people and uh, these fakers, you know. And so, uh, you know, he didn't make me, but he kept prodding. And he said, come on, Brian, just give me a chance. Open yourself up to me. Eventually, I said, fine, God, if it's going to make you happy, I'll put my little hands up in the air. And so I put them up just a little, not all the way up in the air, like all the weirdos. And uh, that's the moment that changed my life. And it, like you said, it's hard to put yep. spiritual encounters in human words, but it felt like at that moment, an, uh, like an 18 wheeler truck going down the highway, just 55 miles an hour, just plowed me, like hit me. And it just, I literally looked behind me to see if I hit the back wall of the church. Like this force just started going through my body from head to toe and paralyzing every part of my body that it touched. And I freaked out. Like I was trying to look to the little boy next to me and the little girl on the other side, just to like, Hey, but I couldn't, all I could move is my eyes. I couldn't move my head. And I just had this, I blacked out at that moment and God showed me a vision of heaven. It wasn't actually heaven. I didn't say right. I saw heaven, but he gave me a vision of what I needed to see. And what he gave me uh, a vision that showed me a huge throne room with a really, really big 
uh, chair with Jesus, a big Jesus in it. And he had this tiny guy in his hands and he was hugging the man and he was kissing him. And the man was shining with light and was so happy. And I looked down and I said, wow, I'm next to go. Yeah, I'm next in line. I'm next to go get this happiness and this light and this joy. And it was at that moment that Jesus told me, Brian, I can give you the healing, the peace and the joy that you've been looking for for so long. And then he gave me four words. He said, if you want it. He wasn't going to force me. I had to make the choice for him. And I said, yes, God, I've never felt this, you know, much love and joy and peace in my whole life. I want it. And over the next year, I would have several more big encounters with God, but he would change my whole life around and make me into the apologist and evangelist that I am today. That's beautiful, Brian. And I, you know, as you, you were sharing that, I think it's awesome that it it sort of started when you were singing the glory to God in the highest, right? And I think of, you know, that's the song of the angels at Christmas who have come to announce the good news to the shepherds. And I think it's, it's quite fitting in a way that that's where it sort of started for you because you have this heart of of an apostle, this sense of apostolic mission. The whole point was that the angels came to share that good news. And then from there, it, it kind of snowballed, right? They were sending the shepherds to go worship the Lord and see what happened. And then the shepherds were sent on a mission to tell others. So I think it's quite fitting um, and beautiful that it, it sort of started during that amazing song of the angels to announce the good news. Amen. And then shortly after that, I went home and ran into a brick wall. You know, I wanted just everyone to give glory to God, but everyone's like, stop preaching to me. Don't talk to me about your faith. Oh, what are you too good for us now? Oh, you're a holy roller. And I literally felt like I was suddenly alone and my friends convinced me to go back and sin. And I went back to Steubenville and Jesus forgave me. Then I went back to sinning. Each time I grew a little bit stronger. And then I realized God is the only, I keep going back and sinning. I keep spitting in his face and he takes me back unconditionally every every single time. So I made, um, I, I guess you would say a pact to live for him at that moment forever. And I'm never going to go back to the way I was living. And I said, God, if you want me to live for you, then you better give me the heart of an apostle. You better give me the same Holy spirit that Jesus gave, uh, to me, uh, to the apostles on Pentecost, because quite frankly, I'm sick of being made fun of. I'm sick of not knowing what to say. Aren't you true, God? Aren't you real? Isn't Catholicism true? Then how come I'm always the one to be made to look dumb? I never know what to say. So give me the Holy Spirit. And literally at that moment, I feel like I had a Pentecost experience and God poured out the Holy Spirit. Like it's, you just can't explain it in human yeah. words, but I've never had such fire and zeal and passion and words. I am like, uh, I can defend the faith and people are like, wow, you're so good at defending the faith. And every week here at Catholic Truth, we have people coming home to the Catholic Church because of our work. Every week we have Catholics who have left the church coming back. And we have Catholics who are going to leave, not leaving because just God has, thank you, God, but he's given me a gift to preach and teach the faith. And I'm so thankful for that. Now, for those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Brian Mercier, who is a professional Catholic speaker, retreat leader, author, and you serve as the president of a ministry called Catholic Truth. Brian, um, you just were talking about it a little bit. Could you walk us through what Catholic Truth offers and um, yeah, how you're seeing the fruit? You mentioned a little bit, but I'd love to hear more about this ministry. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. The, the the focus or the mission of Catholic truth is kind of a two pronged mission. Number one, kind of which started from my conversion. I want to help people to know God 
uh, and to know their Catholic faith, to love their Catholic faith and to live it. So to know, love and live their faith and even be able to defend it. So we want Catholics who are on fire, you know, with more, we want to give more purpose and passion in their lives and help it to make sense. Because when it makes sense, you have this like, light bulb moment where you're just like, oh my gosh, it makes sense. And then it just, you get the fire too, and you just want to spread it. The other part of our mission is when, you know, I came home, I realized that so many Catholics were so confused about the faith, even sometimes in the church, sometimes even in the hierarchy. And people usually for 2000 years have looked to the Catholic church for to be a moral leader. And now there's a lot of confusion in the church. So I wanted a place where anyone at any time from any religion could come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. They don't have to guess at it. They're not going to get my opinions. They're going to get the truth of the Catholic faith, which does not need to be reinvented. It just needs to be taught because it's been there for 2,000 years and came from Jesus. So we help Catholics to uh, to really to know Christ, to have a hopefully a life-changing relationship with Him, but we also want them to train them to know their faith love their faith. And we do this by trying to reach as many people as possible on as many platforms as possible. So, I mean, I started out my ministry 20 years ago, just giving talks at confirmation retreats. Mm -hmm. And then it evolved to um, giving whole confirmation retreats, which I've done ever since. And that evolved into giving conferences and speaking at men's conferences, women's conferences, family conferences, you name it. And, um, you know, COVID kind of ended a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And I went, decided to go online more because we lost a lot of our ministry, practically all of our ministry, thanks to COVID. And so um, we had, I had my own YouTube channel and 400 YouTube subscribers in like three or four years. So nothing. <laughs> and so I tried to make it work hard for like a year. And we went from, you know, 400 to 6,000, then 6,000 to 15,000 the next year, then 33,000. And now we're about 50,000. So we're growing really fast. And uh, we started reaching people a lot on podcasts. And we reach a quarter of a million people a month on TikTok and then Instagram, Twitter. I mean, as many platforms as possible we try to reach people and then of course we want to start street evangelization um and doing uh interviewing people and i mean because i used to do street evangelization so there's so many different ways to reach people i write we have books we have like 200 articles on our website being translated into three different languages currently so we really want to reach the world for christ yeah that's awesome what that's just amazing to hear the growth in a short amount of time too um What's kind of the the focus of the content? I mean, the Catholic faith is huge, Brian, right? We know yeah. this. So is it, I, I imagine you just never really kind of run out of content, but do you, what do you kind of find yourself focusing on um, like these days, for instance, in terms of the content you're producing, like writing, uh, YouTube videos, that kind of thing? Yeah, originally it was um, teaching Catholics the faith, like, you know, why do we have Mary? What are the saints? Right. You know, like what is purgatory? All of that. Lately, it's been, people have just been, they've loved, um, I think what put me on the map is I made a video, sort of kind of sassy video, not intentionally. I just never thought more than 30 people would see it. It was at the very beginning of my YouTube career, and it was 10 things that Mormons are not going to tell you. People were like, oh, that sounds interesting. And now literally, it has almost, uh, I don't even know, six, 700,000 views, and everyone from around the world has just found us through that video. But basically, lately, we've been taking what people say against the Catholic church, you know, is 
the Catholic Church evil? Does the Catholic Church worship Mary? And we play the clips from different Protestant religions or atheists, and then we say, you know, this is what they say, but here's where their misunderstandings lie. Here's what the Catholic Church actually believes, and here's how you can respond. So we're not only teaching Catholics, you know, the arguments that are out there, but how to respond in their own life. But also, you know, it's not all about just learning the faith. You know, you can never share your faith unless you have a a really a transformation with Christ yourself. And so we have tons of videos on how to pray, how to know God, how to overcome scrupulosity, how to that anxiety there. I just keep sinning over and over again. And I just can't face God. I told him I wouldn't do it. And I did. What do I do? And so we have all these spiritual videos too, to really help nurture people's spiritual lives. That's awesome. And do um, so your audience, Brian, then is primarily individuals or do you hope uh, to connect with those in parish leadership as well? What's your audience? Um, mostly individuals. Um, we definitely have people in leadership who watch our videos. Uh, people have told us that like certain bishops in different dioceses love our channel and they actually recommend it and our online confirmation retreat to their churches in their areas. So uh, we definitely have a lot of recommendations from people and maybe that's why the word's been spreading so fast. I'm not sure. I mean, we're not officially attached, um, you know, in different dioceses around the country, but you know, they do watch it. Brian, you've repeatedly mentioned this word fire and having this passion and this zeal for the faith and for sharing the faith. How do you keep that fire going in your own life? Uh, I'm thinking especially those who might be tuning in who feel this zeal, but we want to make sure that's not extinguished, you know? So what would you recommend to keep that fire strong and growing? Well, a really good prayer life, <laughs> not just a few minutes before you go to bed every night. That's not a prayer life. That's just giving God your leftovers, as I always say, <laughs> you know, like I one priest said, you know, you can deal with people for two or three minutes who annoy you. You know, we shouldn't be giving that kind of time to God. <laughs> so I, uh, I traditionally over the last 20 years, I've prayed for about an hour you know, before I even leave the house in the morning, you know, when I try to meditate on scripture, I think meditation on spiritual reading is extremely important because it teaches us a lot, but it also uh, teaches us things we could never learn. And then, uh, so I love spiritual reading. I love meditating on the Bible, the rosary, but uh, I love praise and worship music and praising God, thanking God, giving him, like the more you praise him, the more you thank him, the more you remember all the good that he did in your life, as opposed to just letting all the bad stuff weigh you down every day. So counting our blessings, being thankful, giving praise, it's a very important part of prayer and keeping that fire as well. Mm, oh, and if you don't mind me saying, if you don't mind me saying, I have to add this. Um, uh, keeping a good community if you can. I had no community when I moved to Connecticut. So I started a Bible study at my house, a young adult Bible study. And I've been kind of ushering and fostering the young adult community here for like probably 15 years. And we have created a huge community and just having good like-minded believers around you. That's fantastic. And that helps keep the fire up as well. Yeah, community is so key, Brian. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, and so on that theme of community, because it's not just about uh, those who are with us here on earth at this time, but what about the communion of saints? Have you found some friends in the communion of saints that you have found yourself turning to uh, for continued guidance and inspiration? Yes, absolutely. I love the saints. They were my heroes. You know, when I was alone by myself and no one understood me when I was living the faith, they had a lot of the same incurrences too. I love St. Francis de Sales. He 
He's the patron saint of apologetics who converted 60,000 Protestants back to the Catholic faith pretty much by himself because he was that holy and that tenacious. And he had to sleep in trees. He was chased out of towns by dogs. They tried to kill him. And yet he kept going back just because he loved souls so much. And I just love his fire. And he's inspiring to me. And we actually have several saints on our YouTube videos with their stories. Um uh, like St. Catherine of Siena, St. Therese of Lisieux, both who lived hardcore Catholic lives for Jesus. And uh, St. Lately, I've been loving um, Blessed Margaret of Costello. She was a blind uh, hunchback midget and just, as they say, a totally ugly person and so ugly and hideous that her dad locked her away in a prison he made for her for 14 years. And uh, the only visitor she ever got was a Franciscan priest who came to feed her. And he gave her the message of Jesus changed her life. And when she got out many years later, she could do work miracles and she couldn't see, but she healed other people from blindness. And it's just a miraculous story of how the saints with the, the most difficult decisions and tragedies in life, the most difficult circumstances, they still lived for Christ with great joy. And they're so inspiring. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Brian. Um, where would people go to learn more about your ministry? They can go to our website, catholictruth.org, or you can just research us anywhere on um, the internet, Catholic Truth. Our YouTube is Catholic Truth, Catholic Truth Podcast, Instagram, and all of that. But basically, Catholic Truth. And if anyone would like a speaker, a confirmation retreat, parish mission, or anything, they can go to our website. That's great. Um, Brian, we have uh, just a couple moments left, and I often ask my guests if you could leave us with a note of hope and encouragement today. Yes, there is a lot of reform and renewal going on in the church today. Youth are being, you know, raised up all around by different organizations, by the tens of thousands, truckloads of teens are being formed and reformed in the faith. Our church is being reformed, our media and our uh, religious uh I, I could say religious brothers and sisters, seminaries, all of it has been reformed over the last 20 years. And there are so many ground movement, groundbreaking movements, in fact, just rising up out of the blue. And it's fantastic. And I want to give you the encouragement that Jesus is Lord. Jesus has the victory. Jesus has won. And Jesus loves you. He looks at you and he smiles. Even if you are a big sinner, even if you sin again and again and again, Again, when he looks at you, he smiles. That never changes. You're the apple of his eye. And no matter what, he is there with you. And many times I felt like he wasn't. And he has always shown me that he's there. He's not fickle. His love is never ending. Oh, what a wonderful note to end on, Brian. Thank you for uh, your time today. And I ask that God continue to bless you, your family, and this ministry you're doing, everything you're doing to help build up the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank you. And I ask God to bless your ministry as well. Thank you. Take care, Brian. God bless you. Brian briefly mentioned his devotion to St. Francis de Sales, who was a bishop of Geneva, and he died in 1622. His efforts helped to bring back thousands of people back to the Catholic Church. He's known for his pastoral approach in spiritual direction and formation, and his writings were accessible but not superficial or watered down, quite the opposite, actually. The following passage is from his most famous work, Introduction to the Devout Life. Imitate a little child whom one sees holding tight with one hand to its father, while with the other it gathers strawberries or blackberries from the wayside hedge. Even so, while you gather and use this world's goods with one hand, 
always let the other be fast in your heavenly Father's hand, and look round from time to time to make sure that He is satisfied with what you are doing, at home or abroad. Beware of letting go under the idea of making or receiving more. If He forsakes you, you will fall to the ground at the first step. When your ordinary work or business is not specially engrossing, let your heart be fixed more on God than on it. And if the work be such as to require your undivided attention, then pause from time to time and look to God, even as navigators who make for the haven they would attain by looking up at the heavens rather than down upon the deeps on which they sail. So doing, God will work with you, in you, and for you and your work will be blessed. My prayer for us all this week is that we hold on to that hand of God in all that we are doing, in our busyness and in our questions, in our triumphs and in our disappointments. Hold fast to the one who made you and who loves you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to hear stories of how God is at work in our world today. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, Visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.